What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to a live episode of the Regold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, how you doing today? I'm ready for training camp. Starts on Tuesday. Um, it's going to be interesting to see all the storylines play out. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's right. Um, guys, we'll be joined by a special guest shortly, so stay tuned for that. While you're here, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe as well to our YouTube channel. Um, trying to get to 2,000 subscribers. Super close. We're going to give away a 49ers jersey. And if you're watching this on Twitter, hit that follow button on Twitter. We're trying to get to 10,000 on Twitter, where we will also be giving away a 49ers jersey. Um, Matt, let's get right into it. we got a cool show sure. planned for you guys tonight. The biggest news, obviously, was Fred Warner's contract. Yeah. Um, Fred Warner had some very, very kind words to say about the 49ers. Um, he, he said, you know, that there was some, some pressure uh, for, to get the contract extension done prior to the start of training camp. And he said that everybody handled the situation flawlessly. It was a great, this is a quote, it was a great experience, something I was hoping to get done for training camp so I could focus on the season and just being my best self, not having to worry all about that stuff. I trusted in my agent and everyone who was involved in the deal. I'm just happy that it's over. So are you, I mean, obviously a relief, but how much, how happy are you that this deal is done? Well, I mean, it's awesome. Um, We had the live show um, talking about the news and then, you know, we're going to come back and talk about it again today. But what we didn't know at the time was the structure of this deal and really hats off to Parag, man. Like every time, you know, this deal is voidable by the team after three years. You know, so they can they can choose to pick up the, the the extra years, or they can void it. So this is another team friendly deal. Um, you know, Fred Warner is a class act. He's the leader of the defense. He gets to stay with the 49ers. and it, all around. I think you know, for us fans, it's a big win. Definitely, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, guys, our guest is here, so we're gonna go ahead and bring her in. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining hey. us today. How are you guys? Great. Good. How, How are you? Doing? I'm good. Thanks for good. having us. Um, Melissa, what were your thoughts on Fred Warner's extension? I, I was absolutely thrilled. It was finally about time that they got it done. I actually was more nervous about this one than I was about Kittles, and I'm a huge Kittle fan. so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I could totally get that. Um, <laughs> He seems to be ecstatic to continue his career with the 49ers. Uh, basically said that he didn't really even consider, you know, testing for agency, playing out his final year. So that's great. Um, yeah, everybody's thrilled to see you in, in the, on the show, Melissa. Long time coming. Glad to have you on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt, also in this Fred Ward, uh, excuse me, Fred Warner announcement, he basically said on, I believe, CanBR that D Ford looks like he's all but yeah. going to return this year. What do you make of that? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens when they start getting physical. I mean, it's one thing to be in the gym working out and, you know, looking really good. Um, but are they show muscles or are they go muscles? And that's really what we want to see if that back injury has kind of healed itself. Um, if they can get even just situational pass rushing out of D Ford this season, that would be a big boon. Um, and that's one of the things that we're going to see early on in training camp with D Ford, with Nick Bosa, with players of that ilk. Do they immediately participate in some level in training camp or are they going to be placed on the inactive list, the pup list? Um, and that's really going to be a telltale sign of where the team's at going forward. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, if Fred Warner, Fred Warner's not the type of guy to just throw things out into the ether for no reason. So if he says he's ready to go, it gets me a little more excited and hopeful that he may actually be ready to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, Melissa, I'll read to you some of the quotes here from uh, Fred Warner. He said, D, he's great. He looks great. He's back. I've seen him plenty, and he's working his tail off. I know he's the type of player. Uh, I know the type of player that he is, and the fact that he's back healthy is going to give us a huge advantage. Are you staying caution? Like, are you proceeding this with some caution? You don't want to be too optimistic? I'm not with the whole- believing it until I see it. I I can't. It's been too many years where we gotten our hopes up. I mean, they said the same things about Trent Taylor when he came off his injuries. They said the same things about Jack McKinnon for how many years before that happened. I I, I can't. I, I would love to, but I I just can't at, anymore. It's just you get your hopes up like week three when you find out that these guys are done for the year. So it's like heard and everything else. It's a lovely story. It'd be awesome if it happens, but. I can't do it again. I'm I'm with you. I man, <laughs> I, and I was one who was just all over cargo plane. I mean, yeah, yeah just it again. It's it's that spin doctoring that you see. It's smoke se- smoke screen season or whatever before training camp. You know, uh, it's like before the first game, right? We had the best training camp of our lives. Blah blah blah. And this is oh, across please. sports. You know, fighters say this. Oh. Baseball teams say this in spring training. Football teams say it. Just across sports, going into the season, everybody's like, "This is we're coming into with the best shape of our lives," and that, and it's all BS. So until they get out there and actually we do all something, believe that last year, and then the high ankle sprains happened, and then the, yep. the calf strains happened, and then the thigh injuries, and then the groin pulls, and everything else. It's just, I love my team. I, I will die with the red and gold, but I I cannot go into another season and just hope on hope on hope again. Yeah, I, I think at this point, seeing's believing for sure. <laughs> she said Trent Taylor, and that really just made my uh, made but it's my heart true. Kind of they all said it. It is that true. was like kind of a little dagger, right, to stuff, right? Trent Taylor, it was Garoppolo. like oh. everybody said he was like in the best shape in the world. They corrected everything after no. all his surgeries, and it's just it's true. I, I can't. We got Absolutely. more out of Pettis than we got out of Trent Taylor, so oh. That's rough because we got almost <laughs> nothing out of Pettis. We got some but good memes out of Pettis. Think about it. You got the Thriller dance on what, what was it? Week eight Halloween 2019 where you got that big touchdown. Yep. Pettis saved everybody week three of the same year where he went back for Jimmy's catch at the end of the Pittsburgh game to win that one. Yeah. So, so you know what though? To be fair, there is a different standard set for a second <laughs> round pick versus like a fifth round guy. So or sixth round guy, whatever Taylor was. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It was like uh, I, all throughout training camps. I know? wish I could be like that, but I I can't judge a guy by his round. I mean, technically, Tom Brady is what round six, and he has how many rings? Yeah. And then Russell Wilson was picked in the third round, and he has barely one ring. True, uh, the, the green Broncos didn't rise to the so top badly, for so. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, cream will rise to the top if you're talented. You're gonna get your shine and whatever. You know, you just I, I there's always that that expectation that goes with the higher rounds though. And I think, cause if you're, you're investing that much capital into them, you expect to get a good return. So as long as they're not Saquon Barkley, I'm happy. Cause that's just a bust. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Dang. All right. Well, yeah. I, I know live, who not to I draft in, in Jer- Tennessee this year. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Jersey. So 
everybody and their mother wants to talk about how Saquon's going to be better than Zeke this year, and I live with the most obnoxious giant father in the world. Oh. I, I cannot stress how much that Gallman changed everything for them last year and how him and Alfred Morris, who's like, what, almost 40, yeah. did more than Saquon did in the last two years. Yeah. And it's the same exact line and that Daniel Jones was running harder and faster and doing more yards than Saquon before his injury, even with tripping him on self. I, oh. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we're going to get back to the uh, 49ers football. Yes. Uh, yeah. Trey Lance obviously has been the talk of the town since April. There's been some talk online about getting him in you know, pretty much basically week one or not. Matt and I, we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. uh, Melissa, when do you think we see Trey Lance in, you know, as a starter, basically, not just in, you know, situational packages? When do you think I, we see him permanently? I, I would love for him to start week one. I know that would upset a lot of people. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. There's East Bay Chris on the screen right now. <laughs> Keep the giggles. Um, but... I think the bye week probably. I mean, it's the early one, so it's still be at the beginning of the season. You have what four weeks and then the bye. I think yeah. this year. So that's yeah, a it's a rough one. It's a bad one. And I think they want to have him get most of the year, if not, because we already know what Jimmy is. He's gonna either be traded or cut or whatever, and it's goodbye. And I, I personally would love to see. National tight ends day with Trey Lance. I would love to see Trey Lance versus Justin Fields on Halloween. That for me, that's yeah. what I would love to see. But I can wait until like week 14 if that's what it had to be. But I just don't want to ever have to see the Tua Fitzpatrick thing where it's one week in, one week out, one inning in, one inning out. Yeah. I, I think that just doesn't help anybody doing that. Yep. That was yeah, that was really strange. The whole Tua Fitzpatrick thing. Um, yeah, Matt, we've talked about this. Has your opinion changed at all? Do you think we a still little bit? Um, a oh. little bit. I so the more I read the tea leaves, the more I see interviews with players and stuff like that. The more I think that we're going to see Trey Lance sooner rather than later. The mm -hmm. latest in this is George Kittle came out the other day and said, <laughs> you know, I hope Trey Lance comes for Jimmy's job because we all need, you know, we all need competition. We all should thrive on, on competition. And I just don't think that you put that out there without having some inkling of what Trey Lance is going to be. Um, the players already know um, if he's you know, going to be capable of playing or not. And now they just need training camp to kind of confirm that. And so once we see Trey Lance in preseason and the clamoring starts to grow for Trey Lance, unless he lays an absolute egg, um, <laughs> I, I just I feel like we're going to see him sooner rather than later. I think Jimmy's days are pretty numbered. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, and, and and my opinion was always Jimmy's likely going to start the season, and barring some injury, he's going to play the majority of it. I don't know, man. Hearing these reports, like you said, Matt, these players know, coaches know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey just beat out Jimmy outright um, in you know, yeah. pure competition before the season starts. Uh, he's clearly the more physically gifted football player. Right. That translates on the field, and, and – um, when I forget who was talking about this the other day, the quarterbacks that start early on and do well are the more physically gifted ones. And that's yep. exactly what Trey Lance is. 
Well, and here's the thing: if they if there's everything, if he's everything that they thought he was in terms of mental processing and picking things up and doing all this stuff, then he's going to be able to, you know, get out there, throw passes, do everything at a higher level than what you would expect out of a rookie. And you add in the physical gifts, and it's like, well, why wait? You know, at that point, why wait? Yeah. So. Yep. Exactly. Why wait? Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break because we have some new merch for you guys. This is actually <laughs> the first time I am unveiling it. Uh, let me pull up on the screen. I don't even know here. what it is, guys. <laughs> no, I literally just did it right before we went on. So let me pull it up. Let's see. We got some Warner Bread merch. <gasps> oh. so check awesome. it out. In celebration of Fred Warner's <laughs> contract extension. Um, as of right now, it is only available just in uh, men's, women's tees and hoodies, just because I didn't have the time to put it into all the other little things, <laughs> Teespring offers. Yeah. But we will have it up shortly. Uh, I think the, the link to our Teespring is in the bio. If not, it's shop49ershive.com. And you could use code RGS15 for 15% off your purchase. I just ordered mine. Go and check them out. Design just came out today. So you guys are seeing them for the first time. I hope everybody likes them. And who, who makes these designs? Do you make these designs? <laughs> I wish I did. I do not. I do not. Uh, basically, I go on Fiverr, find a designer that I like. I have one that I've worked with for pretty much yeah. all the designs we've made. And okay. he's uh, pretty good. Okay, you guys would hate a t-shirt I designed. It would be <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. So this go and check them though. out. Shop49ershive.com. Uh, hey, yeah, can, can you click on the Can you click on the black? Click on the black. Yeah. So people want to see it. Hey, it's also in sick. like a sport gray. Nice. Very so, nice. And available small Mine, through yeah. 5X. So plenty of sizes Sweet. there. Go and check it out. Shop49ershive.com. Like I said, code RGS15. Very <laughs> I'm mad cool. I didn't think of it first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Steve. Actually, Steve had this idea. I had told him we needed to make some. It was Trent Taylor who had the Warner Bread uh, tweet. He's like, somebody needs to make uh, merch about this. And I sent it to Steve. I'm like, I got something coming up. And he's like, just do the Wonder Bread design. I'm like, duh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, something that's non 49ers related that I feel like we should talk about because it was 49ers related at some point this offseason. There was oh, a uh, PFT Pro Football Talk article about how sportbooks are believing that Aaron Rodgers will retire within the next week. Mm -hmm. Melissa, what do you make of this? Do you buy it at all? Nope. Leverage move, or what do you think? What do you think? Getting this news out there is. Uh, my brother is a diehard Packer fan. He is the most obnoxious person you will ever meet. I just, I think he wants to draw out their pain, so I don't buy it one iota at all. Okay. And I think right. it's very interesting timing that now he's going to retire after the Devontae Adams contract has kind of ended. So call me skeptical, but I don't buy it. All right, Matt, what about you? I'm of two minds. <laughs> um, I th With as much as he was doing this off season, he's got his new shiny Hollywood girlfriend and he's angling for the Jeopardy job still. And, you know, he went on vacations and things like that. He's doing things that you don't typically expect an athlete who's super locked in to do. And he's doing it in a very public way. I do think that this is a leverage play, but I think that, you know, he's old enough and he's earned enough that 
if he decided to walk away, I think with all the outside stuff going on that maybe his passion for dealing with the Packers and not his passion for football, but the politics of football might drive him away at least for a year. Um, so I, I'm torn. I'm torn. I think this has gotten real out of hand. Um, I think that Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, really needs to do some soul searching and figure it out um, because if they don't get Aaron Rodgers in there, I think we all know that, you know, Jordan Love is going to be a disaster. So oh, yeah. If they don't get him in there, I mean, and it says something that, that Devontae Adams is like, no, there's no contract talks here with me either. So there's something that's, brewing there. So that's and it because could be he here. wants more than DeAndre Hopkins, and he hasn't really earned DeAndre Hopkins money. I, I would disagree. I think that I think that the next guy getting paid is going to be the next next highest paid. Talent is talent. That's fine, but you know, contracts always move. So I don't know. I think that Devonte Adams could very well be the highest paid player but, at his position if he wants it. I, I just don't see it that way. I don't think that. Dak Prescott should have been making near Patrick Mahomes money. I don't think that Austin Hooper should be making near Kelsey and Kittle money. I just I'd rather play the person than the, the position. That I mean, you know, that's fine. And we all agree that the talent isn't, you know, the same. Austin Hooper is not on the same level as Kittle or Kelsey. I guess it's Kels based on what he says. Uh, but <laughs> The fact of the matter is it's a business and everybody moves it forward. And as much as you I don't know. want to see them make a DeAndre, a DeAndre Hopkins type contract, what that does is the next time DeAndre Hopkins is up, that's more money for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And so you're kind of just pulling the whole position forward. And it's it's the business of it. Mm-hmm. Talent doesn't always match the money. so It's true. I mean, look at Jimmy. Jimmy got that giant contract because that's where the contracts were going. Yep. Um, just a quick correction. This actually, the original report was per SI actually. So this was okay. just a PFT article that I saw covering it. Um, but it was per Bill Huber, I believe of SI. And okay. they have all of these sporting books that paused the entire books for NFC North markets, including projected wins, playoff odds, divisional odds, and weekly lines, just because there's so much talk that they believe. Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. So it's something nice worth to, noting. Yeah. Nice to see that SI still has some journalists working for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, along that's the same none of my lines, business. you mentioned uh, Devontae Adams. He was getting, uh, he posted an article or, excuse me, a picture kind of because he's not happy, like Melissa said. And I think Matt, you talked about it as well. And uh, George Kittle was kind of poking some fun at him after he posted the picture and I'll, I'll share my screen so you guys can see the post. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Damn it. So George Kittle is poking some fun. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny. Something funny to yeah, talk about, you know, Again, it's the next man up thing. The next guy is going to get paid. And, I mean, he had a crazy season last season. So, he had like think, 115 catches, 1,400 yards, and 18 touchdowns. I mean, that's I a damn I think Tunyon actually had the better year last year out of the two of them. Who? Robert Tunyon. Oh. Which well, I, yeah, I but, still do not understand how Robert Tunyon got passed up for the Pro Bowl over Ingram. That's yeah. Ingram being a first-rounder. It's all the fans. It's all popularity. <laughs> yeah, Tanya's not sure. flashy at all. Um, yeah. 
Okay, moving on. Back to 49ers. They yeah, signed... Keep t- quit, t- quit taking us off track, Zach. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, they signed Ambry Thomas and uh, Trey Sermon this week. The yep. only remaining draft pick is Trey Lance. Matt, mm-hmm. is there any reason for concern that they haven't signed him yet? No, but I knew that that report... We talked about that report going out around the other day where I was just like, mm, you know, grain of salt as I look into it. It, it turns out to be whoever threw that up was just kind of throwing things at the wall. Um, but... I expect it to get done. I mean, there's only so many ways you can go. You're talking about, you know, when is your bonus getting delivered to you? Is there any offset language? And that's essentially it. These deals are pretty fairly, um, they're tightly slotted in terms of like what the overall money is going to be. So we, you know, Zach Wilson still needs to sign. And I think that that's the domino that's going to lead to Trey Lance signing. They want to see what Zach Wilson's going to get and what kind of language he's going to get. Um, Trevor Lawrence has signed already. So that kind of set the bar for where everything's going to be for this draft class. And I think it'll fall into place fairly early on in the training camp. All right. Uh, yeah. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, um, uh, and Rayshon Slater. Those are the only three rookies yep. that haven't signed their contracts yet. I mean, it's worth noting, but yeah, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter specifically just getting worked up and anxious about it. I don't really think there's anything to be anxious about when's the last time the number three overall pick held out or anything like that. Um, Melissa, do you think this will be announced soon? I hope so. I mean, I wanted to believe it when it first came out, Um, but I, I don't see this being like, Baker Mayfield, where you saw him on a what was it, Hard Knocks, where they were telling him the the can do's, the can't do's before they ever signed him. So I just think it's a matter of time. It just yeah. sucks to wait. It does, yeah. And if, if the thing is, like, he's the biggest pick. That's what I think fans are so that extra umph is is that it's Trey Trey Lance, the future quarterback, the flashy pick, and that's the last one, unfortunately. Um, yeah, he was certainly here. the most expensive pick. Um, <laughs> Rashawn Slater was the one that is the one that I'm not surprised about. Going back to Joey Bosa with the Chargers, the Chargers are always trying to throw offset language at their first round picks. So they've had a history of their guys being pretty late. And when we talk about th- number three overall picks holding out, I believe Bosa was the number three overall pick for the Chargers, and he held out well into training camp. But that's like that's been a Chargers thing. They're just really like frugal in that way i think yeah. parag is just trying to you know again work his parag magic and kind of you know see what he can get out of this deal in terms of what they can do in terms of spreading a bonus out or something like that but it's hard because again these contracts are slotted i think once they get trey lance into the building for training camp within day one day two day three they're going to get him signed and everything's going to be just fine yeah i totally agree uh comment here from east bay chris Trey Sermon's tape looks absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see this guy play. He's going to be a huge part of the 49ers. I think I we agree. all agree with that. Yeah. I agree. I actually think that he um he's somebody that I may take a late round flyer on in fantasy. Just because oh. I think that he's gonna get a lot of run. I'm so glad you told me because we're in the same league, so I can just <laughs> uh poach him a little early. I, I'm in a paid league too with my brother in law, some of his friends, so <laughs> like we, we each drop like two like a hundred or two hundred dollars at the beginning of the season and winner takes the pot. That's the way it's to do championship it. Championship belt, like it's like that show the league. Mm-hmm. Like That's the guy awesome. that lost last year is threatening he the the loser has to bring like the food, supply the food for the next draft. And he's threatening to bring Taco Bell because he's a cheapskate. <laughs> 
That's horrible. Uh, Matt, you, you might know this. Usually, are, are in, uh, do you know when the deadline to cut Jimmy is to save the money? To save all that him. money? No, they can cut him whenever. It's just going to be a, it's going to be, he's going to get a weekly pay, like a, a per game. He's going to get a game check every week. So he doesn't have the guaranteed money. It's just going to be a prorated version of that $27.5 million or whatever. As they go further into the season, that's going to save less and less because he's going to have been paid for what he was doing. Um, but the, the actual money on the deal, I believe it's 2.5 is the, is the guaranteed or the dead money on the deal. So anything beyond that, they can move on. So if Trey Lance balls out in preseason, they decide to go with Trey Lance, they can move off of Jimmy right away and recoup that entire amount. If it takes them half the season, then it's half the season. But if it bleeds into the season, I do think that they keep him until the end because, you know, York point. has come out and said he's comfortable carrying that cap number for the season. And really, we just need it for extensions next season. So I'm not too worried about yeah. the money on Jimmy's deal. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, do you think they end up cutting him at some point or do you think they roll with him all year? Roll with him on the roster, I should say. I not, think not the only thing that we all can hope for is that injuries don't force us to make a rash move. Yeah. And I don't mean just to, to Jimmy, but to the rest of the team, because we were all kind of scrambling for players last year. That we were. Yeah. It was ugly. Yeah, I think I think the injury thing will kind of come back to baseline. We had a really bad luck year last year. And I think that these things kind of tend to even out over time. So hopefully uh we'll have a pretty healthy season. Um or if there are injuries, there'll be like minor things that players can play through. Like in 2019, players had these little nagging things that they were able to play through and we were able to get to a Super Bowl with it. So as long as we don't lose any major players to season ending injuries, which are always the ones that like you worry about, no team goes into the playoffs completely healthy. That's just the nature of a contact sport like football. If we can minimize the major injuries, uh, then I think the 49ers will do just fine. You know, it, it's funny you say that. The the it's not funny. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the, the 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 you know season-ending injuries. I was watching. I went. I have YouTube TV, and I went on my DVR, and I'm like, I want to watch some 49ers football. And I watch the only games for whatever reason. It doesn't even make sense going in the order of they happen chronologically. The only games that were saved were the Jets and the Giants. And I'm just oh. like, oh my god. I'm like, okay, well, hey, the first like quarter of the Jets. Uh, the, yeah, the Jets game was fine, and I played it, and I ended up watching the whole thing, and I sat there like three quarters of the way through, and I'm like, why do I do this to myself? I'm like basically <laughs> sitting there in tears, like, why do I do this? Why do – you know, I know better. I know what happens. Um, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Me, but, I can't watch week four. I want to watch it just because it was Kittle's big game, and then I remember what happens at the end, and I'm like, I can't do it to myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's um, just yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> they they have the good condensed games on YouTube for anybody watching that wants some Fortnite fans. You can watch the NFC Championship where Raheem Mostert ran all over the Packers. Um, yep. There's a bunch of good games on on YouTube. The Saints game, um, but they have the along. Seattle game. Yep. That's well, right. Yeah, three um, hours. I think it is. It's yeah. They have the whole games. So I went awesome. on YouTube and I went all the way to the end where <laughs> Greenlaw made that tackle. That's all I needed to see. Yeah, that little rush of dopamine real quick. All I need to see. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I feel good about this year. Yeah. All right. Next topic, guys. USA Today's 2021 record predictions have the 49ers winning the NFC West with a record of 11-6. and six. Melissa, what do you make of this? I, I like to think that we can at least get 13 games. 
wins okay. this year. I mean, 11 and 6 is not bad. But like I said, after last year, I had a really high number. I'm not making any high bets or anything. But as far as schedule things go, I think it could be in the high number. Matt, what do you I think? think- I think it's pretty close just because the NFC West is like the best division in football. So these teams are going to like self kill each other. My, what I got a problem with is the Browns at 13 and four. That's a little crazy. And they must but assume that it, it is. is. It really? it, yeah, it is. It is. I think they're, I think they're hyping them up a little bit too much. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what Burrow's going to be like. Big Ben wasn't that great at the end of last year. And yeah, but the Ravens, the Ravens are always there. The Ravens are always there. I just, I don't, it's Cleveland Browns. I just don't trust them to win 13 games. And then they <laughs> must, they must assume that, that Deshaun Watson is not going to play at all because they have the Texans having the worst record in the league. <laughs> so one in 16 is pretty terrible. So they must assume like he's not going to play at all. Um, everything else, I don't see anything super egregious. The Packers record could change if Aaron Rodgers does actually sit out the season. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I like I like the AFC East. I think that's about right. Um, NFC East is about right, where it's like three teams right there, and then a garbage team like Philly. NFC South is about right. Uh, yeah, everything looks pretty good. The Browns at thirteen wins. They have a stacked roster, but I just you know, it's still the Browns. I'm just mm-hmm. conditioned for the Browns to you know not do as well as they should. My my, I guess issue is does eleven and six win the NFC West? That's what I'm saying. It's going to be team kill the whole time in the NFC West. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's the toughest division in football. So it's kind of like um like baseball. If you look at the the NL West right now, like all those teams are really good, but they have losses on their record because they start beating each other. You know so. I fully believe that three teams from the NFC West could make the playoffs. And if that's the case, then obviously they're not going to have the best record in the NFL. I don't think any, any of the three will be the one seed, but if you have like the three seed and then you have two wild cards, I mean that your division is the best. So I just think that in terms of who they have to play in their division, I think that's a little bit more rough. I mean, let's say Aaron Rodgers comes back, right? The Vikings are starting to fall off and slip. They're losing some talent. The Bears, they're going to start Justin Fields, and they're going to be good, but how good, you know? And then the Lions are just always a dumpster fire. So, you know, you look at some of these divisions, and some teams have a clearer path to a division title than others, and I just think the NFC West is just stacked. So, Okay. I like it. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays out, man. The whole – I still – Still don't like the 17 number. I don't know. I'm just weird with that. Yeah, I don't like it either. It's And it's an unbalanced schedule, too. Like, I uh, I just don't. Yeah, I don't like odd-numbered schedules. Yeah. Um, guys, for, for you guys sending in your comments in the chat, we'll get to them. Um, we're yep. just going to – we'll stay on the outline, and then we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back to get these questions. I actually like the 17 because never I have to hear the words 8 and 8 ever again. I like I like the perfect balance. I, everything is unless there's Thanos. a tie and you're eight, eight and one. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, but it won't be eight and eight anymore. It won't not just be an even win loss well, thing again. I'll, I'll just, I'll just send off a sad salute to that <laughs> Jeff Fisher seven and nine bullshit. See you later. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, 
era. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Some of the biggest, bigger news, I guess, in the NFL world was the new COVID rules. And I'm going to yep. pull up the rules for uh, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network here. And I thought, at least to me, the biggest rule change is that no games will be postponed this season. And uh, the team that has the COVID outbreak will have to forfeit, forfeit. and will be credited crazy. with a Thank loss you. for off seating. That's crazy. As the Thank team you. Um, and, but what do they count? Uh, see, and here's the thing. Like, what do you count as an outbreak? Is it one player? Is it two? Is it three? There's the some Ravens. nebulous things going on. And I don't think that, like, you know, the worst team that we had last year was the Broncos when they had to sign that dude off of the street, essentially, to play quarterback. The Ravens that, that get, get Kevin pushed back last year. Yeah, they pushed him back, but you know and that was a thing too they pushed back the ravens but they wouldn't push back the broncos i don't know i just they wouldn't they wouldn't suspend our game and we had the packer player the linebacker who had covid and yet we got lost players because of a false negative and the titans yeah. didn't get punished the ravens didn't get punished but they had the big outbreaks but pittsburgh got screwed having to play what like in every three days what was it for like two weeks or something like that yeah, crazy. I don't know these these rules. I don't know. So here here are some of the some of the rules here. Um, let's see. In light of substantial roster flexibility in place of the 2021 season, absent medical considerations, government directives, games will not be postponed or rescheduled simply to avoid roster issues caused by injury or illness affecting multiple players, even within a position group. If a game is canceled, postponed, a club cannot play due to COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players or staff, the diverting of the cancellation or the delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. We will seek to minimize the burden on opposing club or clubs. If a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. So that's what mm. kind of makes me scratch my this head. Is a, this, that, yeah, that thing right there is a little... I don't know. We can talk about the strong arm nature of that kind of statement, but I yeah. think that's more for like teams like the Broncos who try to invalidate their experience because they had no quarterback. And I think it's loophole enough for someone like Kansas City if they had an outbreak to maybe get a loophole out of forfeiting a game. I just think that the, the way they're wording this is they're kind of like wink, wink, like who cares about your feelings on a vaccination? You better get it. Wink, wink. Otherwise you're going to cost your team games. Wink, wink. I agree. When, and we saw some, some notable players, DeAndre Hopkins included basically came out and say, they don't like having to be forced to make a decision or else hurt their teammates. Mm -hmm. um, some of these tweets here from Tom Pellis are interesting. Vaccinated individuals who test positive and are asymptomatic can return to duty after two negative tests, 24 hours apart. Unvaccinated individuals are still mandatory to a 10 day isolation period. Obviously, mm -hmm. huge competitive differences there uh, between vaccinated and unvaccinated players if you test positive. So it's well, going to be and that's, that's the way that it should be, too. I mean, as someone who, you know, works in a hospital, I mean, if you did get vaccinated, the CDC guidelines are pretty clear on what, you know, you should be able to do. Um, I just my my issue is that, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins expanded upon his lack of desire to get the vaccine because his girl, his girlfriend's brother developed myocarditis like right away or whatever. 
Um, we don't know if some of these players, um, you know, famously Ryan Clark can't play in, couldn't play in Denver because he has sickle cell trait. There could be things that these players have where they, you know, they're either unable to get vaccinated or they they're you know being advised not to get the vaccinate vaccine and i feel like that gets lost in the ether it, it it, it's become such a political thing which like is unfortunate because this is like a real world situation where people's health are at stake um i don't know i just they're but at the same time the nfl is a private business too so there's i, I see both sides of it. it i just think that's gonna get pretty ugly like the rest of this stuff and yeah without so, a doubt um, Ho hopefully, hopefully no outbreaks so we don't even have to deal with it. Hopefully, yeah. We'll leave it at that. All we'll say is talk to your doctor, get vaccinated if your doctor recommends. Um, moving on, we're going to take a quick break to welcome the newest member of 49ers Hive, which is mm. Joey Arredondo. Uh, Joey, I'm not, I don't think you're watching this, but everybody, his handle <laughs> is Niners Analyst. Go and follow him on Twitter. He's going to be joining us as a content creator writing articles and he expanded us into the world of TikTok, which is something we had completely not even acknowledged. So we will now be on TikTok Go and follow us at 49ers have on TikTok. Follow, I think, I think you follow on TikTok. I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, thank you and welcome Joey. We're we're thrilled to have you on the team. Yeah. Um, so while we're here, we should go go ahead and do our ad read. Thank you to the sponsors. And I've said time and time again, I will bring the gold he's, bar. He's got the gold bar. I have the gold <laughs> bar here, folks, from uh, Acre Gold. Click the link in the bio or link in the description. Get your Acre Gold subscription for as little as $50 a month. You, too, could be the owner of a two-and-a-half-gram two and gold bar. And it is a little misleading. I'm going I'm to tell you straight up because they give you this box. And they give you this little outline. However, the, the piece of gold's just a tad bit smaller than the, the outline on the box. But it is two and a half grams. As you can see, the light's not really on it. Um, <laughs> it's two and a half grams. You can look up. So the way it works is instead of dropping whatever the market price is on two and a half grams of gold, you can pay X amount of dollars, as little as $50 per month. And once your subscription, once you've sent in enough, reaches the market price, they will send you a two and a half gram gold bar um so it's really cool and you're helping out our channel so click the link in the bio in the description and get your subscription started and also we would like to thank 81 by terrell owens you can go to 81vino.com type in code rgs and get 10 percent off your purchase of 81 by terrell owens T.O. is now in the wine business, so shout out to him. And lastly, guys, we showed you our new Warner Bread merch. Click the link in the uh, description or go to shop49ershive.com and get your new Warner Bread merch code RGS15. That will save you 15% off your whole purchase. Um, go and check that out. That merch just came out right now, so go and grab it. Thank you Help to our sponsors. Help us sell out, everybody. Help us sell out. Help us sell out. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, Fernando Oriana says the NFL is to find unvaccinated players $14,650 for any violation of COVID-19 protocol. I assume this would include the whole strip club debacle that happened. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That was, that was the NBA, right? Yeah. Last season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got my sports mixed mm -hmm. up. No, was there was, was a strip it? club with Haskins. Yeah. But oh. then he got cut. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. cut though. He got cut. Well, he yeah. had to get cut. That, that I mean, what he did to count. Ron Rivera and that team was disgusting. 
Yeah, that doesn't count though. The guy that I'm talking about, is NBA player, I can't, I can't remember his name. He <laughs> he said he went to the strip club to get chicken wings. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, got yeah. COVID and couldn't play. That was during the bubble too, wasn't that it? That was during the bubble. It was in yeah. the bubble. He was like, man, I just love Lou these, Williams. These. It was Lou Williams. Lou Williams. There you go. Yeah. Dirty oh, Lou man. Williams. You gotta love that. Uh, he said, I went to the strip wings. club for the chicken wings. Yeah. No, right. dude. Uh, next topic on tonight's show. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, I saw this from everybody's favorite 49ers reporter, Grant Cohn. Uh, his tweet basically read something along the lines of, Brandon Ayuk could be the greatest punt returner in NFL history, but we will never know because the 49ers do not allow him to return punts. Matt, should the 49ers allow Brandon Ayuk to return punts? No. Why? Why? What's the purpose? Grant I guess wants to get to, like, some production. Cut his off to spite his face. Like, why would you sacrifice potentially <laughs> on offense to shore up special teams? What? what? Okay, Grant. Whatever, man. Why don't you just find a return specialist? It works out well when you find a guy like Ted Ginn who could just return kicks. That's all you need. Yep. Could be the um, greatest. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know who I saw. Like Somebody Dante Pettis it. was the greatest punt returner in NCAA history. How'd that turn out in the NFL? <laughs> they try. They tried to get. They tried to get a specialist. Uh, Melissa, I, what about you? I, <laughs> Do you want to see him? Uh, no. It's not because I don't think Brandon could do it because I'm not as big a fan of him as Mare is, but I wouldn't risk our number one receiver. I mean, we've waited how many years for a number one receiver? I I just I don't see why you should do that. I agree. Yeah. It's a missing part of the game for sure. You definitely want to find someone who can return kicks who's not Richie James running into the first defender he sees. But at the same time, we talk all the time about this team has dealt with injury after injury after injury, and you want to potentially expose another player to injury. It's really, it's a weird take from Grant. It's not that he doesn't have plenty of weird takes, but this one, especially I'm like, it doesn't really make sense, man. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's worth it. Um, you know, besides we have how many running backs, why not use just a running back for that? I, I just yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, all the comments are like, injure him, you know, like it's really not worth send Jimmy back there and make him earn his key. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Now Tara's right, ACL. Yeah. Trying to juke back in. Yeah, Sherfield is a return specialist. I yeah. keep forgetting about some of these like later back end wide receivers that we signed. It's it's tough to keep up. Um yeah. okay. Steve Smith, Wes Welker, etc. did it when the NFL wasn't so damn soft. This wouldn't even be a discussion, but I can also understand the other side because our team is always hurt. Yeah, but Wes, Wel Wes Welker doesn't even know his own name anymore. I mean, he is our wide receiver coach. It's just, I mean, it is like a, a, a you know, I'm being facetious, but he had a That's lot horrible. of concussions. That's you know, horrible. Travis Benjamin had a lot of concussions. Like Jay Ellie said, Travis Benjamin, you know, Steve Smith ended up hit in later in his career with a, with a lot of injuries. So that's true. That is true. You're, you're, put, you're putting a guy back there, right, with a punt where he has to look up in the sky, determine whether the guys are going to get to him before he can make a move. They're running at him full speed. And if he chooses wrong, he's going to get lit up. And like, just why would you put up your potential number one, you know, 
yeah, well, Steve Smith was a number one, but outside of that, who puts their number one back there? DeAndre Hopkins isn't returning kicks. Devontae Adams isn't returning kicks. Like Tyreek Hill's that. not on it. Right. You just don't do that. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. Also, Debbie says that's mean to say about Jimmy. It's all it's all jokes. It's all jokes, yeah. honestly. Um, Poor Jimmy. Yeah. So the next question I wanted to ask you guys, which is something that I've seen also being talked about, do the 49ers have one of the best rosters in the NFL? Yes. Yes, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Top to bottom, top to bottom, I think it's one of the strongest rosters in the NFL. But again, it's contingent upon them staying healthy. Exactly. Um, that, that's really what it's going to be. And, and that's, you could say that about a lot of rosters. But when you look at some other teams' weaknesses, I think they're right up there with the Kansas City and, and you know, the Cleveland Browns. Well, he said uh, it. He said it. As as rosters that on paper are really good. Yeah. I just honestly, honestly, I was like an early adopter of Baker Mayfield, but I just don't know. We have to see how OBJ fits back into that structure. And if he goes back to being the Baker Mayfield that was struggling because he was trying to force feed the ball to OBJ or what we, you know, it's too hard to tell, but I just don't, I just don't trust the Browns. <laughs> Melissa, you don't said yes as well. I trust that it's going to be a good roster. I just, I don't see many organizations that have a good offense and a good defense. And for the first time in a very long time, I'm actually really optimistic about our quarterback play. And I think for many years, that was the discredit, no matter how good our defense was. It was just the quarterback. You had yep. the Harbaugh years where you had a great defense, but it, the quarterback was a question. You had the 19 season where the defense was superb, but you had the questions of the quarterback. And I just... I think that's finally going to even out right now because you finally have enough depth at running back and offensive line, and now there's quarterback hope. And I don't know if it's going to be top three, but I could see it in the top five for sure. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Um, I think both yeah. units are top ten for sure. Yeah, definitely. Both units. And, you know, it's like we've always said, like they've been winning kind of in spite of Jimmy – holding them back more than he propelled them forward. And I agree with you, Melissa. I do think that there's a lot of excitement and optimism around the 49ers because of the quarterback position for the first time in a while. So hopefully that's not unfounded and hopefully that does kind of play out. Um, but Matt, yeah, just like you said on paper, yes. Does that translate over come October, right. November, December? That remains to be seen. However, the 49ers I think have done themselves a really good job of putting themselves in a position right now to where they can be considered, yes, great, great roster. They've plugged a lot of holes. They've resigned a lot of players that they needed back to prevent any, you know, weak areas. Um, and obviously they took care of the most important position, which is quarterback. So and we're going to find out real quick too, when we play Detroit and then Philadelphia, if this team is what we think they can be, they should take care of business pretty easily. That's a good, yeah. But you also can't predict how it's going to turn out either. I mean, in 18, you had George Kittle have the amazing season that he had, but everything else was falling around him. And then he lost twice to the Cardinals, who won nothing but beating the Niners that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you, could, you could just tell, though. You could, you could see it by looking at a team and really, like, if they go out first two weeks and really take care of business, it's it's pretty safe assumption that at least the teams they're supposed to beat, they're going to beat. 
and you worry about the teams that are on par talent wise, but those games are always tough. Division games are always tough. Um, I mean, maybe it's different for you, know. you guys because you're in California, so you guys have like different coverage where you live. But as an East Coast person, and I, mm-hmm. I listen all the time about the Giants and the football team and the Eagles and the Cowboys, especially. Yeah. I, I just don't believe that the beginning of the year has to do with the end of the year. Because according well, to everybody... I- Disagree. I disagree. According to everybody, though, that the Cowboys were supposed to be NFC Championship bound or less for the 19 season, where they were just kicking the Giants' butt and they were doing this, they were doing that, and they were winning like the first few weeks, and then they barely been ended up being eight and eight. You just sometimes yeah, you the, just have a yeah. weak roster at the beginning. Well, yeah, but if we're talking about the 49ers roster being potentially a, a you know top tier roster and they go out and they take care of business that just sets you on the path of being a top tier roster of course there are teams that come out early and win some games or whatever but in terms of saying like the early weeks don't matter i mean it counts towards your record so it definitely matters um people lose spots in the national championship game in college because they lose the first two weeks or whatever so it's definitely it's definitely an indication of where the team could be we saw coming off of the super bowl year revenge tour revenge tour and they came out flat against the Cardinals and you just, there was something in the air that you were just like, Oh, this does not look like the team that came out last year. Um, you know, they had a competitive game in week one in 2019, you know, albeit because of a Jimmy pick six against the Buccaneers. And then they went out and shellacked the Cincinnati Bengals and you're like, Oh, okay. There's something here for this team. And those are the type of quick starts you want to get off to. If Kyle Shanahan's team getting off to a quick start is definitely a good thing in terms of where the team's going to end up. So, like I said, if they can come out and beat the teams they're supposed to beat, that's all you can hope for, and that'll be a good indication going forward of where they can potentially be if everything falls the right way. And this is all contingent upon it falling the right way, of course. Uh, I'm just scared of like another Atlanta where it's a leaking where you kind of have a penciled in absolute win and then something goes hinky and then you lose a critical game at the end that puts all the pressure on week 17 or whatever it would be this year week 18 yeah uh yeah but that's going to be less i think um just because there's no so that we were fighting for home field advantage and that put us behind in terms of if we lost to seattle we lose the division and we go from being a number one, one win to, to a wild card right there's only one top seed this year and only one bye week. So if you're not getting that first spot, the rest kind of doesn't matter that much. It's yeah. they've kind of they've kind of taken some of the urgency out of the playoffs in my opinion with that only one the top team gets a bye week thing. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out come the end of the season. Yeah. Well, there's um, an extra wild card spot too, right? There's three wild yeah, cards. Yeah, exactly, there. exactly. So it's all different. Uh, last yeah. question for you, and then we're going to get into our game of yes or no, since you guys really seem to like it. We'll play it again. Um, the 49ers reportedly were interested and met with, I believe, D.D. Westbrook, the wide receiver. Uh, Matt, what does their interest in him tell you about their, I don't know, confidence in the wide receiver court currently? Is it just due diligence, or is there something more to it? They're looking for roster spots to fill up training camp because they don't know what what's what beyond the first two guys. So is Hurd going to be healthy, or is he going to be on the pup? Jawan Jennings, does he still have stone feet or is he going to make some progress? Does Muhammad Sanu have anything left in the tank? Is Trent Sherfield a viable wide receiver prospect or is he just going to be back there returning kicks? 
there's so many questions that if you can throw a guy who has a name like D.D. Westbrook, um, that's something that they wanted to look at. Now, they didn't sign him, and he went on to sign with the Vikings, but at least they're trying to look around and see what's there. There's still time. There are going to be people that get cut. For sure, there's going to be some names that get cut that they could potentially bring in. But for now, I just think they're kind of kicking the tires on anybody they can. There's no reason not to at this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, I liked the interest in him. Yeah, he did go on to sign with the Vikings, but I like that they're still willing to, you know, look around and, and find that that guy. Uh, the wide receiver three position is clearly something they're hoping somebody steps up for, and maybe they were thinking a guy like Westbrook could be signed off the street and come in here and compete at the very least, maybe get some punt returns, reps, or just, you know, training camp body. Who, who knows? Um, right. Melissa, did you take anything out of their interest in him prior to him signing with Minnesota, obviously? As long as it's not Jordan Matthews ever again, I'm happy. Fair enough. They've signed I him like, like 14 <laughs> times, man. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's bad enough that we were so injury prone last year, but we kept re-signing him and bringing him back and then cutting him and then re-bringing him back. It's just like, please make up your mind or just leave him on the roster. It's like Kevin Waite last year. I, I never understood why they kept bringing him up and then he didn't get a single yeah. snap. If that was like, me, why give him that extra like, bonus for bringing him up if you're not going to even put him out there for one play? Yeah, I, I if I was like dressing each week, right? Every time I got cut and re-signed, I would pick a different number. So that way, <laughs> I had like 14 different 49ers jerseys, each with a different number. That's a good idea. <laughs> That's hilarious. He'd um, be a trivia answer. Who wore the most numbers in 49ers <laughs> history? Jordan Matthews. That's true. Yeah. All right. Hey, can I ask you guys a question real quick about yeah, of course. um you guys started off the show with Warner and it made me think about his brother Troy. Yeah. And there was a couple of different ones this year. So I was wondering who was the bloodline that you wanted on the sh- on this team the most and had to see go somewhere else. I mean, it was definitely Troy for me. I I, I wanted the Niners to get him. Um he ended up with um the Rams. Someone, yeah, I'm like, no, it's someone in the division. Yeah, the Rams. Yeah. Um, who else? There were. There was. Who else was in there? That was still a Warren Certain. There's a couple different ones. Okay. Um, I see yeah. what you mean. Of the bloodline players, man, I think I was like, I was a big J.C. Horn fan. You were. I, I remember that. Yeah. So I yeah I thought he was gonna be really good, but. Am I like crushed about it? No, because they went up and traded and got <laughs> Trey Lance. So I'm not really upset about it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I do remember that. You were saying if they go corner, you would love JC Horn. Horn. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually gosh. And another reality when the 49ers didn't trade up and get a quarterback, maybe they got a corner. Um, but all right, time for yes or no. Yes. Matt, do you want to go first? I'm sorry, Melissa, we didn't prepare you. I don't know if you have any <laughs> papers next to you to write yes or no on. I could just give a thumbs up or thumbs down. There Perfect. you go. Make it simple. She knows, she knows how to play the game. Yeah. She knows. <laughs> Improv. We, we love know. it. Right. Yeah. All right. All Matt, right. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, You can go first. That's fine. Okay. Um, I've seen this and I've seen it even in the comments in the chat today. Jimmy Ward, or excuse me, Jimmy Garoppolo, not Ward, is the most overrated 49ers player in history. Three, two, one. Okay. Um, 
So I guess we're just going to do this for ourselves because there's three of us and we can't right. really. So yeah. I, we all agree. No. Right. Right. Okay. Who do you have a, a name? Oh, of course I do. Who do you got? No one's going to like it. It's Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. It's Colin Kaepernick. When Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut, nobody's going to talk about how he made that one Super Bowl that one time. Nine years later, we're still talking about how Colin Kaepernick made that one Super Bowl that one time and had that one really good game against Green Bay. Pilot Norris just stole my answer. I was going to say Crabtree. <laughs> Crab, yeah. I mean, he had that I what, really one was. yard. I just. For being drafted 10th. The Seahawks and the Ravens game in the Super Bowl and NFC Championship. And I couldn't ever escape seeing Crouchy everywhere. He was like the number one selling thing on the, the shop and I just wanted anything with Justin Smith and I couldn't find him. So for me, Crouchy will always be that one guy that really irked me. <laughs> um, yeah. That, yeah, I guess thinking of Crabtree, it, the expectations were really high and then he had that holdout, if I remember correctly, to start his, his season, his rookie year. Yeah, man. Um, I, I agree with you, Melissa. Crabtree definitely did biggest, not perform. Biggest bust, biggest bust is probably AJ Jenkins still, but <laughs> I'm still. Well, it, it's not bust. It was who's a player that uh was overrated, and for me, it was either oh, yeah, yeah, Vernon Davis or Crabtree. Yeah. Um, Vernon Davis was fine until Cam Chancellor yeah. loosened his soul from his body, and then he was never the same again. <laughs> he knocked the talent out of him. He definitely did. He really did. Um, yeah, boy, the comments are really going <laughs> actually, on now. I actually like Ian's. I actually one important. He didn't. He didn't win the Super Bowl though, dude. He had some good moments, but he did not. So, so did Jimmy Garoppolo. Cigar. Jimmy Garoppolo had a couple four touchdown games. Yeah. But did they win the Super Bowl? They're no, both no, no. 0-1 in Super Bowls. So. Yeah, I if, think if, we're going to talk about this. My thing is just, real quick, my thing is just like, yes. why I say Colin Kaepernick is because the fan base sits here and just like drips hatred on Jimmy, drips haterade on Jimmy. And yet out of the other side of their mouth, they're still talking about Colin Kaepernick as if he was like a Hall of Famer. And he wasn't. And I'm sorry, I just don't like the hypocrisy. I, you can't have it both ways. They were both mediocre quarterbacks that had one outstanding year that led to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Bottom line. Yay, mini rant. Okay. Yeah, uh, mini rant. Mini Matt rant. <laughs> my, my answer, gosh. I'm going to go with Torrey Smith because I don't think Torrey okay. Smith did anywhere near what the 49ers well, – I know what I personally expe expected when they signed him. He was supposed to be that deep threat, take the top off. Granted, nobody on the team was good around the Torrey Smith era when he was on the team, but he's still way under – I think I can think of one bomb long touchdown, and that was that walk-off against Chicago in overtime, if I remember correctly – um, but other than that, there wasn't much from Tory Smith. Um, okay, like Tory Smith was like Randy Moss, where he just kind of crashed in on the leading receiver help and didn't really do much. But Tory I will Smith say though, was in Randy, the prime. Randy Moss was getting old when he signed yeah. here, though. Yeah, yeah. Tory Smith was in the prime. I think that was like his second contract, if I remember correctly. He had just and left then he Baltimore. Right to the Eagles, and he came mm -hmm. back. That kind of really also ticked me off. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matt, do you have a question? Cap, Cap regressed in his last year with Harbaugh, too. He had that one. He his did. second year was his best year, and he steadily declined after that. As the league yeah. took away his running lanes and his ability to break out like he did against Green Bay, he was forced to throw the ball more, and we all saw the first half against Arizona. Where he's was that four four picks that first half. So Solomon Thomas, I think, is a bust, not overrated. Yeah. JL he says he can't blame Torres. I don't necessarily blame him. I'm just saying <laughs> when we signed him, I, I don't know if can can free agents be busts? Because that's kind of what that whole situation was. He was a bust. Yeah, I mean, talent you can was bust there. On a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's more of a bust. But my mind yeah, is I think, I think for me, overrated means somebody that the fan base holds in higher regard than they should. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Matt, shoot. Okay. Um, let's see. Where was I going to go? See, I got so sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> I got so sidetracked. Um, go again, Zach. I forgot. Go again. Okay. <laughs> okay. Melissa, do you have any? Um, okay. Most... Oof. I can I can go I can go if you Brandon Ayuk Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel will they be the best duo on the team this year? Best duo on the team. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. For a position group. Hmm. Ooh, for a position group. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Three, mm-hmm. two, one. All right, we're all in agreement again. Yeah, uh, Matt, why not? Uh, dude, I I don't. If you want to say duo, I guess I'll throw. It's hard to pick the second guy, but whoever is slotted next to Nick Bosa is going to eat this year. They're going to wow. smash quarterbacks this year. Yep, I I like that. You know, it's funny. My my mind went to uh, Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson. Uh, I mean, it, it's tough, but I, like you said, just similar to Nick Bosa, Trent Williams. I think you can do Trent Williams and Alex Mack. They're both on the <laughs> offensive line. That's a position group. That is it. Yeah, that is true. Melissa, why uh, not? I'm maybe biased because of the horrible days, but for me, it's going to be the linebackers. It's going to be Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw. I love Bowman. I love Willis, and I love Greenlaw, and I love Fred. So, All right. That's a good one, too. Plus, I cannot stop watching that Drake Greenlaw hit in the Rams game. I think it was week six last year where he just nailed the guy going right out out of bounds. There's so yeah. many underrated Greenlaw yeah. plays. Yep. Uh, thank you, CG Ruthless Sports. Appreciate you guys tuning in. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button if you haven't. All right. Um, is it my turn? No, no, right. I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it? Yeah. Trey Lance will start more games this season than Jimmy Garoppolo. I love it. Okay. Three, two, one. We're all in agreement so far. Three for three. Okay. Yeah. Um, Melissa, why don't you start us off? Maybe it's because I just want it, or maybe I just think that it's about time, but I think that Trey's just going to end up getting more time i just don't see it being jimmy's year okay all Fair right enough, zach yeah i think uh, 
I think Trey just beats out Jimmy, and I think eventually we're just going to see him more because he's going to win the starting gig. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the more that the 49ers team as a team all together, all on the field, um, OTAs are one thing, right? You're in shorts and shells. You're not really doing anything. Um, everything's half speed. You're walking through basically just drilling. I think when they start running like full contact seven on sevens and like really getting out there and learning the playbook, the more that they see Trey Lance, who is just bigger than Jimmy, more physically talented than Jimmy. The more they see him out there, the more they're going to be kind of chomping at the bit to get him in there. And I think that Kyle Shanahan's going to be the same way. If, if but I think it's also their attitudes. I mean, how they prepare in the offseason. Jimmy had to be kind of like arm bent last year by Kittle to come out to Nashville to practice with all of them. Yeah, I mean, and that's part of it, for sure. He doesn't really try to make any kind of bond with the team. And then you have... Trey Lance, who's trying to work out with everybody on the offense from River Craycraft all the way to the top guys. It's just, you get a different yeah. feeling with the new quarterback. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a mixed thing, right? Like you know, Jimmy might just be a different type of leader because there's no doubt that the players like Jimmy a lot. Um, he's well liked in that locker room. It's just, it's a new look from Trey Lance. And I think that that does make a difference but when you get them out there and can compare them side by side, apples to apples, I think that's where you're going to see the players start to shift away from Jimmy and going to Trey Lance because they realize that Trey Lance is going to be the future. And if you, you know, in the NFL, your career is short. So the future is now, you know? And I also think it's the Sherman thing where a lot of contracts are based on your numbers and the things that you get done in your contract per game. And there's been, a boiling frustration with Jimmy since he went and got himself hurt against KC. And yeah. I think if certain players like Ayuk and Kittle are not being seen on this on the field, that's going to boil over and then they're going to call for his job. Oh, for sure. So. For sure. The players know. The players will know real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hit that like button if you guys haven't already. Um, all right, is it my turn? By the way, yeah. this was a really interesting comment by George come quiet <laughs> on Jimmy. Well, like I said earlier in the show, George came out and was like, I hope Trey comes for Jimmy's job. Competition is good for everybody. Yep. Yep. Something to read in there. Yeah. Um, okay. Mine's similar to your question, Matt, and that's Trey Sermon will finish the year with more carries than Raheem Mostert. Three, two, one. First disagreement. Okay. Matt, I'm out on on Mostert, dude. I have not been a fan of Mostert since he held the team up for money. That, to me, just it bugged me. Um, And then he went out and got hurt immediately afterwards. So I just don't – I don't know. I need to – this is a prove-it year for Raheem Mostert, you know, to me. You're a guy that bounced around the league, had a really good playoff run, but you've never had a 1,000-yard rushing season, um, you know, you got hurt when you held the team up for money. I just Trey Sermon's a third round guy, big school, um, big time in the college playoffs. I just think I'm more excited about Trey Sermon right now. Okay. Melissa, uh, you said yes as well. I just, I know he's speedy, but we've cut two speedy guys already with Frida and Goodwin. I just, I don't bet on the speedy guy anymore. I mean, most of 19, when everyone's talking about most are, the bell cows were Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida into the playoffs. 
and 20 when he was supposed to be the bell cow he went and disappeared for his wife's uh, when his child was born and then he just like kind of disappeared for the rest of the year that was injury or that was still the money game it's just and you guys got Goldman and you got Mitchell and you got Sermon and you got Juice and you have all these other options I I just don't see Raheem Mostert being that guy yep okay um I went with yes but you guys are definitely making me reconsider but I do think (laughs) well here's the thing here's the thing if they thought that Mostert was by far the guy, then why'd they bring in so many other running backs? I, th- I, th- I took that in consideration, but I thought after this year, most definitely, maybe this is his last hurrah. Maybe they're just trying to milk as much as they can out of this before they move on. But yeah, you guys make great points. Um, also, Kali yep. uh, asked if we're going to the Colts game. Not as of now, but Matt, I believe, is only going to week 17 in, in LA. 18. 18, 18 and LA. Uh, yeah, 18. Um, I actually haven't gotten any tickets yet, so I need to grab some. I will definitely announce it when the I the 2022 it. season is going to be the big season for me, like coming out to a lot of games. All right, I love it. Um, all right, Melissa, I think it's your turn if you have another question. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Diamador, Lenore, or Eliza Mitchell, who do you? Do you see either one of them making a big impact this year? That's the second picked for that position. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. All in agreement. Okay. Yep. Matt, who and which one? Or yes, I guess Lenore. why and which one? Lenore. Lenore? Okay. Yeah, I just I still have question marks about whether Verrett and K1 Williams can stay healthy. And if they can't, then Lenore's gonna have to step up and play. Um, and I think that, you know, the reason why they went two corners and a safety in the draft is because they know that the secondary is a question mark in terms of injuries and in terms of longevity and keeping that position going. So they're going to want to get them out on the field to see what they have and see if there's something they can move forward with in the future. So I think Lenore is going to get plenty of playing time. We saw a lot of corners play for the 49ers last year. That's a, yeah, some really some really poor ones too. <laughs> With that said, he who shall um, not be named, he who <laughs> shall not be named, exactly. Um, yeah, I just think they're thin in the secondary, and th- you know it's a young draft pick. Let's see what he's got. Yep. And I think he's and, got. Go ahead. Well, and to be fair, um, I think that Ambry Thomas is a guy. He's he, like I said before, he's a Michigan guy. I love mm-hmm. Michigan football. I think that he's going to be like the actual standout. But in terms of the second guy picked in each individual position group. I do think that Lenore is going to give more than, you know, like a Mitchell Wood or um, the guy who I can't remember, the second offensive lineman who I always forget. Uh, Jalen Moore, I think. Yeah, Jalen Moore. So, you know, I I think that actually Elijah Mitchell is is strictly here to be like a special teams guy. I think just numbers wise, depth wise, statistically speaking, more, uh, Lenore has a higher chance of producing and contributing more than Mitchell, who's basically buried on the depth chart as of now. Yeah, um, yeah great question. Melissa, you said yes as well. Same same reasons? Um, I, I think Mitchell might for special teams, or he might just do it to keep guys fresh, because I don't think Kyle wants a Derrick Henry where he runs somebody down and then they're injured, or a Nick Chubb yeah. where they get too many carries and then they kind of get burnt out 
which I actually like better as a running back group than one guy. Um, and for me, Yamado or Lenore, I think can easily come in to keep the cornerbacks healthy, which has not been easy for them. And I would also like him to be trained up to take over for Shark. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, aging secondary, so these guys are definitely going to get a lot of playing time. Um, I'm definitely interested to see what they got in Lenore. Um, I don't know that much about him. Um, outside of he has a pretty pretty much a mouthful name. So, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Uh, Matt, I think it's your turn. Do you want to take us home here at the last one? Yes, I will take us home. Uh, the 49ers will have a special teams return for a touchdown this season. Great question. All right. Three, two, one. Ah. Okay. Our special teams suck, man. I think offense and <laughs> defense are going to be top 10. I think that we're going to be like 19th in special teams, and it's going to be <laughs> ugly. All right. I think they turn it around. I don't think they're going to be top 10 in the league, but one touchdown, I think they're capable of one special teams touchdown. What do you think, Melissa? I haven't really seen a big flashy, like you remember it off the top of your head, touchdown since Richie James against the Seahawks where they finally beat Russell Wilson. I just don't see that changing in one summer. I I would love it. I would love more than one, but I I can't see it. Yep. Yep. Agree. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to stay optimistic. Um, We're going to take a couple of questions and then wrap things up here. I saw. Okay, but what would you rather have? Would you rather have the one touchdown, or would you rather never have to deal with the nightmare from last year, where they kept turning the ball over because they kept fumbling the kickoffs? Yeah, I definitely see. For me, I rather hold on to the ball than have to pick. You you came and you can't even talk to me about fumbles. I'm still (laughs) so PTSD from Kyle Williams, dude. Like I can't even. But it wasn't Kyle Williams last year. It was. so no, I know, better. but I mean, from I, I, like, 20, was... 20, the 2011 <laughs> NFC Championship game where he fumbled the two punt returns in a row. Like, oh, I was flinching so bad last year. Like, there would be five hour watches on nothing but Niners live during the game. And every time it was kickoff, I would be flinching. And I was like, please don't yeah. turn over the ball. Please don't turn over the ball. Dude, <laughs> I remember I remember when we went and watched the Pittsburgh game uh at the stadium with the nothing but Niners guys yeah. and the absolute <laughs> meltdowns that happened during that game with all the turnovers it was like <laughs> oh my god i love those guys it was meltdown city though it was yeah it was interesting to see happen in real time i just kept getting drunker and drunker i was like i'm just going to keep drinking dude like i can't even it was fun it was fun it was a great game it was a great game <laughs> Um, I can't find the comment. I believe it was Kali that asked, and we've talked about this, wide receiver three. Who do you guys think it will be? To begin the year, I think it's new. I don't know if it ends up being there for the rest of the year. It's all going to depend. I think we're going to have a clearer picture depending on, like, you know, after this first week of practice in training camp, where is Jalen Hurd? Is he participating in like wide receiver drills or is he off on the practice field with the trainers? You know, how does Juwan Jennings look in the drills? Does he, again, is he more fleet footed or does he look real slow? Um, you know, it's, it's really just going to depend. But I think off the top of my head, I, I think I agree with Melissa where 
if Sanu comes in in shape and has anything less than the tank, then I mean he's kind of, kind of should be the front runner, probably with Richie James for the third spot. Okay, and it's also the quarterback situation. I mean, you would want to go with the vet over the young guys because you don't know how they're going to handle Garoppolo or whatever else happens at the beginning of the year. I whoever the best talent is, like really, you know. Vet, vet, rookie, whatever. Like, all I want is the best wide receiver three that the team can get. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Jalen Hurd. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You Obviously, know we're going to replace reports. that D with a T if he gets hurt again, right? He's going to be course, Jalen Hurd, bro. But I'm reading the reports, you know, back in May when Shanahan was asked about him. He said it's great to have him back. He came back when phase two started. He's done a good job in his ACL rehab. He should be ready to go back to camp. Hopefully there aren't any setbacks and stuff like that. Right now he's just working out with uh, our head athletic trainer, Dustin, on the side, yeah. making sure he continues to rehab and get ready for this time, which would and, be training camp. And this is all academic because Steve says in the comments, and I agree with him, there's going to be no set wide receiver three. Yeah. Outside of Debo and Ayuk, everything else is going to be so fluid, and they're going to move Debo all over the place. So it's just going to depend, uh, depend on down-distance situation. So I agree with that. Um, let's see. There's a comment here. Rob Schmidt, week one score predictions. Dang. That's tough. It's a way if I'm looking if I'm looking at paper, like if I'm looking on paper, 49ers are gonna win like 37 to 10. Dude, I had 31 to 10. That's literally what yeah. I think it's gonna so. be blowout city, dude. It's gonna be like a three touchdown game. The Lions they're gonna be, suck. Dude. They're gonna be biting ankles in the in the dog piles. Are biting knees, whatever their head coach said. Melissa, what do you got? Week score prediction, week one. 34 to six. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. All yeah. I third. mean, Jared Goff's going to be way more worried about his girlfriend coming to Detroit and actually living with him still more than he's going to worry about football. But yeah. Kenny Galladay is gone. I just, I don't see much on their offense Galladay's, or their defense. Yeah. It's so bad. Darius Leonard's not there anymore. I just, the only thing the Lions I, are... I would root for the Lions just to spite my brother because he's such an annoying Packer fan. It is not just because we're facing them we win. I just don't see the Lions being yeah, a threat. You, you can't put the ball on the tee for him to hit a home run with. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. The Detroit is so bad. The only thing good coming out of Detroit is those cringy interviews from their head coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, That's it's it. weird. That's it. Oh, my um, God. Panor, is it crazy to think that Lance and Mahomes have a chance to win just as many Super Bowls as Brady or more given the fact their teams are set to collect already? Uh, combined, not as crazy. Individually, absolutely. Yeah. Tom Brady's yeah. been to 10 Super Bowls, dude. 10 and, and one he's won seven. seven. Yeah, that's insane. I don't know that that's ever going to happen again. Previous to him, the, the max was four for a quarterback. Yeah. So this is just far and above, like, Brady's a unicorn. He's had like he's the goat. There's no question. I just don't see a team ever getting the breaks that the Patriots got, though. That as well. Yeah. With the 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 the, the, the tuck rule and this rule and then the, the play gate and I just yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see, diminish I'm not gonna diminish Brady. I'm not saying that he Those hasn't won. Happen, I'm not saying that they didn't have great players. I'm just in everything though. Are you ever going to see the rest bail out with the tuck rule coming out of the random book again? Are you going to? I mean, we kind of saw a it. team kind of decimate their team by only keeping their quarterback. I mean, 
the Packers have tried to do that, keep Aaron Rodgers and kind of cut everybody else, and that hasn't really worked out for them. So, I just Which think should that's go like to Brady's huge, favor. Mm-hmm. I just think the unicorn thing, you're never going to recapture that. I mean, they were yeah. what? Penciled uh, in every year, they were going to win their division. Well, and the I, thing I don't is, see he that went happening 10 years either. between Super Bowl wins, too. So, like, I mean, he they won. made the biggest deal out of last year being the first time he's ever been two losses to a divisional opponent during the year. That never happened in his entire career. I mean, yeah. those he kind had the of things of you're never going to see. He had the benefit of a weak division, but part of being successful is being lucky. Patriots just got lucky. Yeah. Flat out. Well, and, you know, things happen too. You know, like what happens in the Super Bowl against the Patriots if the Rams get called for that pass interference that was clearly a pass interference? You know what I mean? Like there's a hundred different things that could happen. You know, what if the 49ers had gotten that call holding in the end zone, right? Like there's, there's always botched calls and blown this and blown that. The fact of the matter is, teams won seven Super Bowls and nobody can take that away. So, yep. It's it's the Go. the human element because they always you know right. offense defense special teams but there's actually referee you know you take that into consideration mm-hmm. as well it's not a perfectly objective robot calling these fouls it's a, it's a person it's a human um, and it's all it's all objective and that's something you got to consider as well yeah um, and I will push back by the way I do want to push back I know the weak division thing whatever <laughs> whatever but the fact of the matter is. He made it through his conference's playoffs 10 times to get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you could say it's like the same thing with, and, you know, I'm not necessarily like a gigantic LeBron James fan or whatever. They're like the weak, the the East is weak. Yeah, but he's still making finals every single year. Once you get to the playoffs, you're playing other good teams. So it's a little of this, a little of that, you know. And the AFC wasn't always weak. They had Peyton Manning that competed with him, you know, each and every year. They had top flight defenses that would compete with him, you know. So, you know, the Steelers are there. I don't know. I think it's too easy to write off greatness, and I think everybody should just enjoy the ride. Yep. All right. Uh, preseason week one prediction. <laughs> it's. Uh, I I predict we see zero Jimmy Garoppolo and like two series of Trey Lance, and then we get Josh Rosen for the rest of the game. You think Josh Rosen balls out? Josh Rosen or or Nate Sudsville or whatever. Sudsville. <laughs> yeah. okay. Those two are those two are vying for third place. Yep, I think Rosen pulls ahead. Um, yeah, hopefully we get some rookies, get a nice look. It's at least a small look in week one, and get a glimpse of what we're. Oh, I think outside of quarterback, we'll see a lot of the rookies. I just don't think that. At quarterback, they're going to put anything. But see, even that, you know, now that I think about it, even that's hard to predict because there's only three preseason games this year. Yep. Yep. So it's tough. Uh, Melissa, you got any predictions for the first preseason game? I get to see Niners football again, hopefully. So that's my prediction. All right. Because we don't always get it in New Jersey. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet not. Um, All right, guys. I think that's going to do it. Thank you very much for tuning in. Melissa, thank you for coming on. It was a blast having you on. Absolutely. Long time coming. I want the glasses so just for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Everybody, if you're watching, hit the like button on our YouTube channel. Um, subscribe as well. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers so we can give away a 49ers jersey. And if you're watching on Twitter, hit that follow button because we're trying to get to 10,000 followers on Twitter to give away another 49ers jersey. 
Um, so go ahead and support channel. Like I said, links in the bio for Acre Gold, shop49ers5.com, get your new Warner Bread merch, and uh, 81 Vino. Go check out our sponsors. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead and get us to Ibiza. I follow you guys on all five. So All five? (laughs) That's awesome. Be like Melissa. Do your part. (laughs) Get us to 10,000 on Twitter, 2,000 on YouTube. We're trying to give you guys some jerseys. You guys don't want any jerseys or what? It, it's not just because you guys always ask for more subscriptions. It has another feature. I used to play this game called um, Marvel Contest of Champions on my phone. Yeah. And you would have to save it on a Google account to have a backup because sometimes your oh. phone freezes. Yeah. So I would have to create more Google accounts. And I was like, you know what? I have this. Google works with YouTube. Might as well just give you guys more subscriptions. Do so. It. It's Love you it. guys, it. nitty gritty, nothing but Niners, a whole bunch of different ones that I follow on all five. Couldn't have said any better, uh, yep. you know, ourselves. So thank you as always for joining us, guys. <laughs> we love having you here. Thanks you and to thank Melissa you to for joining East Bay us. Chris, who doesn't really watch these shows, but I appreciate him yeah, coming I, on. I know. I saw him in the chat. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Chris is a good and guy. Next time, next time, it could be one of you guys. So with that being said, until next time, everyone, go Niners. Bye, everybody. <laughs>